Hello, sports and spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. Classic. You're classic. I think I think you're pretty classic. You're Chris. so classic. Thank you. Yes. With a nice haircut. Thanks. The beard's edged up nicely. I see that. I see that. Very good. I feel like Joe Bag of Donuts today because I need some sleep. And um and I didn't do my hair today. So I, I like have like an afro. Easy now. Why? Easy now. It's all it's all a frizzy, poofy mess. Are we appropriating on sports and spaghetti today? No. No. I said I have an afro. Is that not what you call a big head of poofy hair? I don't know if it's what I would call it. Okay, now what would you call it, Mr. PC? Go ahead. Nah, it's definitely a pro. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this guy over here trying to tell the kindergarten teacher about appropriation. Gotta- Meanwhile, I'm trying to teach my kids about what a baby mammal is, and I'm trying to skirt around how a baby mammal comes into existence. Well, you're also trying to teach the difference between 57 and 10 as well. <laughs> The kid, I had to use Sabrina again. I said, dude, Sabrina knows what a 10 looks like. How are you not finding it? He goes, and he flips one page at a time. I'm like, it's going to take you 56 years to get to 10 at this rate, bud. Oh, he's going to sneeze on the air. Wow. He's very sneezy. Are you all right? I've been sneezy since this morning. Oh, yeah. It happens. Yeah, it's very weird. Um... So we're learning about baby mammals. Part two. What? Oh. Bless. Thank God you. Bless. God bless. We'll hit on that later. We'll hit on God later. Um, yes, appropriation, religion, we're going to cover it all on sports and spaghetti today. If my voice sounds extra low and raspy, it's because um, I was at two events the last two nights where I sang a lot. Um, I don't know. It's kind of turning me on, Chris. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, d- yes, you must do it. You must do it. You must put the... No. You oh, need to put on. the voice hold on. on. Come here. Come here, Benny. Benny, I need you to come in this room right now. Benny. Benny, come here. Come here, pop-up. There we go. You need to bring it on in, Benny. <laughs> Get rid of that. The, the... <laughs> That's better. Are we on the right set? No, now we are. Am I, am I auto-tuned? No. No, auto-tune's off. Okay. Wow. Yes. Did that get you going? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Oh, hello, Benny. Benny has joined us. Welcome, Benny. Say a few words. Very nice. We got a few boops. Got a few boops there. Um, all right, Anthony. So today, um, I, see, at Whole Foods, when I used to work there, we called the Thursday before payday broke Thursday. Well, today it's broke Wednesday. It just be, be it as it may. It, it happens to be broke Wednesday, and that's fine. So we used what we had. Hey, it's called using what you got. Um, this morning, I texted Aunt. I was like, well... It's broke Wednesday, so why don't we make uh, aglioia? And in English, that's garlic and oil. Benny's making himself known. Good boy. Uh, so we made agli- uh, linguine aglioia. Um, it's an Italian, <laughs> it's a very Italian dish. What is funny? Is it Benny? <laughs> This is the dumbest thought I've had in a long time. Go ahead, say it. I can't even get my my food out. I didn't realize how stocky Benny was because I've never like looked at him walk around. Yeah, he's a stocky fella. He's not. He's not fat or heavy by no, any stretch. But it always looks like he's about to deuce at any time. 
<laughs> He's like a stock car. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what if he would just deuce right in the playroom floor? <laughs> oh, we said playroom. Oh, we're feeling it tonight. What if he would just deuce on the playroom? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just laying prone on the playroom floor. Oh, Anthony. So anyway, we made uh, linguine with garlic and oil tonight, and I made a little chicken. And what I did with the chicken, uh, Anthony said it was good. I don't know if he was just blowing smoke. Uh, he say, he's not shaking his head no. He's saying it was really good. It was literally seasoned with salt, pepper, and oregano like my dad does with the thin. He does the thin ones and grills them. It's so good. Except I put them in the oven to finish them just because they, in the skillet, they kind of burn a little bit, the tenderloins. Um, so I put a little bit, I put a half a ju- juice of half a lemon and like a tablespoon of butter in the bottom of the pan and just uh, let it rock for like six or seven more minutes and then it was done. It was absolutely exquisite, pal. I can't wait to try it. I exquisite. Really, I, I, I am a dinner after kind of guy. Um, I did try the the spaghetti, uh, the linguine, uh, while I was mixing it, and I loved that every time. Yeah, I mean, broke broke Wednesday or not, right? It's 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 great. I mean, yes, this is going to be your your broke meal because it's pasta, a little garlic, little oil, crushed red pepper. That's but, it. That's the whole dish and pasta water. But at the end of the day, it's comforting. It's it's good. It's it's filling. It's really all you need out of a and, out of a pasta dish, right? And it and it doesn't taste like a broke Wednesday dish. It tastes like um, did you get a hair? Yep. Yeah, that's what happens when you live in a doghouse. There you go. You know. See, we're used to that here. I think this. See this one here. This one right here. See how squiggly it is. That's uh-huh. a Nemo. Oh, you could tell. That's could Nemo. Tell. We could tell based off the based off the coarseness. Yes, that's a double coat hair right there. Yep. Anyway, Agliolia, uh, it's a classic. Uh, it's Italian. It was on my list. It was on my top five uh, Italian food draft, um, and with good reason. It's fun to make. It's easy to make. It's quick. The chicken tasted good. The mouse liked it. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, pretty simple. That's going to be a straightforward. It's going to be a straightforward food segment because it's broke Wednesday. It's late. You could hear my uh, your little sniffles. Sniffles coming in. I want to bring snacks to my wife at home. And I do mean nose. <laughs> and I do mean nose. Um, so we're we're just going to do a, a little quick, little quick hitter today. Same as probably same as last week, right yeah. around the same time. But uh, well, that, but don't don't let that. Um, deter you because this episode is going to have a lot of fun in it um at least at least when i'm talking it's going to have a lot of fire today. oh yeah fire fire but to start it off we'll kick it off with the good the bad and the eh with mr chris walker this is in no particular order now this is where you're wrong anthony we're not doing the good the bad and the eh what are we doing now? We're doing the good, the bad, and the second bad. Two bads. Two bads, no eh this week, and that's why it's called in no particular order. Now, the reason why we're doing two bads is because two really awful things have happened this week. Duh. Why else would we do two bads? Um, let's get the good out of the way first because I'm going to be talking for a little bit about both bads, uh, and Anthony's going to jump in on one of the bads. Because uh, one was his suggestion, actually. Um, and then the, the other one is, is just going to be my soapbox for a few minutes. So just deal with me. Um, Mom, turn it down uh, at work. Okay. So the good, Anthony's just seeing this now. I said, wah, wah, wee, wah. Um, me at Fantasy Football. I'm going to toot my own horn for a minute here. Because I... Because <laughs> I am in first place. In our league. Um, and and I'm riding on the coattails of a nine-game winning streak to uh, to take first place. And it was and it hasn't come easily because I've had a like the second best or third best record in the league almost the whole season. And I've been in third place in my division. So I've had to have some teams lose. I beat both teams that were above me both weeks in a row 
uh, for a 4-0 combined record. So me in fantasy football, wow, wow, go Chris. I'm going to quickly add a third bad, and that's me in fantasy football because not the league we're in, Chris, my paid league that I've, I've told you a lot. Um, shout out Sass. I shout him out all the time, our commissioner. He does power rankings of, like, the best rank, you know, teams and everything like that. So I get him in. I am third in the power rankings, which, you know, you'd think, oh, it's great. Um, you'd be wrong. So I'm I'm third in the power rankings. That that means I'm the third best team. I have a thirty two percent chance to make the playoffs. Oh dear. I am the second unluckiest team. I have an a uh, win percentage of forty percent or point four zero zero. My expected win percentage is point five four six. Wow. So I'm my, my team is every week. And either either underperforms, not even underperforms. I just I get the, the the short end of the stick literally every week. So I'm fighting for my life for this playoff spot. But worst case scenario, I don't think I told you this trade. Worst case scenario, I have two firsts next year. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I I got two firsts in a package that gave me Dak Prescott and Josh Jacobs as well. Wow. So shout out Skell for that. Um, we don't know what you're doing, but we're gonna let you keep doing it, pal. So um, that was that's just me talking about fantasy because I don't want to be left out in the cold. Continue. Yeah, um, like you said, me and fantasy football, uh, it, it's it's vibing right now. I'm thrilled with it. Uh, I want that jersey. I want C.J. Stroud. You're going for the Stroud. Yeah, my jersey picks. Um, it's either going to be uh, Penny Sewell or Aiden Hutchinson um, for my Detroit pick. And right. Then my Cincinnati is probably going to be Sam Hubbard. I like Sam Hubbard. See, I don't know enough about linemen and or or D guys uh, for that, but C.J. Stroud is my is my guy. Uh, I've rocked with him since I think week three or week two, uh, and yeah, that's that. Um, okay, so the bad part we're gonna do bad part two first because I'm gonna go for a few minutes on the bad part one, the most worst, stupidest thing in all of sports. Um, but maybe the closest stupidest thing in all of sports uh, is Megan Rapinoe, <laughs> the comments that she made the other day. Now, I am not claiming to be pushing any kind of agenda religiously. Okay, I'm just going to get that out there. But she made a joke. A religious joke. Now, that's just something you shouldn't do, first of all, on the, in, the, in the media. Because everybody's going to take it and blow it up like it has. She got injured six minutes into her game and had to have surgery and is, like, retiring now. And she goes, well, I'm not a religious person, but if there was a God, this is proof that there isn't. Like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Well, Chris, I think she's trying to say that she is so... GD important that the world and God revolves around her Achilles. Right. Because if there was a higher power, why would he do this to me? Maybe because you're a piece of garbage person, Megan. Yeah, she hasn't done a lot of good things. No, no. She's made she's made headlines for a lot of bad reasons. Now, people are calling her soulless and a true disgrace to this country. I mean, and a narcissist. Was, yeah, that's that's what I was getting to. That's what I was going to say. So that's the thing is like, it's not all about you. You got hurt. It happens. But to come out, I mean, this is like this is like the Beatles saying they were bigger than God. Like that was crazy. This is oh, if there was a God, no, there's not because I got hurt. Who are you? Who are really? Who are you? Who are you? Take it elsewhere, Meg. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Shut up, Meg. I'm, I'm, as Peter would say, I wish we had that on a soundboard. That'd yeah. be absolutely fantastic. But I don't want to get too crazy on this, too political on this. But again, we know your stance. We know the type of person you are. You know, just not being a role model. Because let's be real, you're not playing a sport that's going to get you lots of money. You're not playing a sport that's going to get you 
lots of national fame or lots of fans outside of your core fan. I mean, you're playing a sport that's appealing to almost strictly women because you're playing women's soccer and young women. You're just setting a terrible example. You really are. Yep. Like, like if there was, I just, it's funny. To, if there was a God, no, there's not. Like, Listen. If there was, now I know there's not. Well, listen, Megan. You probably had more people praying that you would get injured than you praying to stay healthy. So, if anything, God is just answering more prayers. Oh, that's a cold one. I that's hope that, icy. Hope that blows me up. That's bone chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right. Chili, um, chili's another word for cold. Bone chilling is another word for cold. Yes. Tell me what else is cold, Chris. Oh, you want to know what's cold? Ice is cold. And you know what the stupidest, most awful, horrendous joke of a team on the ice is? That's right. Not not the New York Rangers. It's the New York Islanders. <laughs> Who would have thought? This team started the season 4-1 and something. 4-1 and 2. They're rumbling. They're in second place in the division. And where have they gone since then, Anthony? They've gone to the cellar. <laughs> to the basement of the league. They're now four, six, and three. Four and nine. Four and nine. And you know why? Do you know why? Why is that? I'll tell you why. The reason why they're four and nine overall is because they don't do anything in the off season. This is what we talked about in August and September and early October. This is what we talk about in May after the six games are over. And June when I want to throw in hockey. And July. Every month. Okay? We talk about this so many times. They don't make moves. Lou Lamorello does not know how to make moves. He might have had success in New Jersey 23 years ago. He might have had success in New Jersey 28 years ago as well. But guess what? Not moving anybody and anybody at the at the uh at the deadline last year, you got Bo Horvat and then he stopped scoring. And now who? Nobody. No nobody's different. So now they're just all one year older. And what you have is pond hockey playing NHL teams or not NHL teams because let's not forget the team they just lost to 4-1. to one. Not the Edmonton Oilers who just fired their coach the other day over the weekend. Jay Woodcroft was fired. And the Oilers go up on Monday and put up four on the Islanders. 4-1, to one, a team that has given up how many goals? The most goals in the NHL this season, more than the Sharks. Who they beat. The Sharks beat the Oilers, believe it or not. And the Islanders lose 4-1. to It wasn't even a contest. They scored the first goal to the Islanders, and then the Oilers scored four unanswered goals. How pathetic, how absolutely ridiculous can this team be? Lane Lambert needs to get fired today. Not tomorrow, not two weeks from now, today. He needs to be out on his butt. And so does Lou Lamorello. I'm tired of both of them. I'm not usually a fire the coach guy, but they have no idea what he's saying in that locker room. They have no idea the players because they're not doing anything. I'm really over watching the games. I didn't even really watch the game Monday. I was at the concert. I didn't even watch I just followed. And as soon as they went down 3-1, I was like, well, the concert's way better than this awful display of hockey because they're not a hockey team right now. They're a, they're a bunch of guys playing pond, pond sticks and pucks. It was fiery out of you, Chris. I'm very upset. And I have to watch them again. And the problem is I'm cursed with having to watch them. <laughs> it's not just like I can let them play a game and not be following. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like how... I don't know. It's like how I 
how Sabrina's in the house and I can't not be hanging out with her. It's the meme where it's the two people sitting on the, the bench and it's raining and the guy's holding an umbrella over his wife and it says, just because I'm angry doesn't mean I don't love you. Right. Exactly. That's what it is. It's like I'm cursed with having to watch the game. You're always going to hold that umbrella for, for the Islanders. It's really unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. It and and they're not even playing hockey in a style where where I'm where I'm watching the game and I'm like, wow, this team has a chance. They're playing hockey in a in a manner in which I I just I'm just like shaking my head and smiling. I'm just like like and I say to Melissa, I'm like, oh, there, I'll go, because <laughs> sometimes I get a little broadcast happy and call a few plays. I go, oh, they score. She goes, not us. I'm like, how'd you know? Because <laughs> if because if it was you, you'd be screaming. That's right. No, I know. I just get excited for the other team. So when Vancouver puts up six on them tonight, I'm gonna be cheering uh, for Quinn Hughes all night. What a disgusting hockey team. Wow. What a shame. We're back to the dark ages. We've got four guys signed on seven-year contracts this offseason. I'm not talking about Ilya Sorokin. He's the only reason we've won anything. Actually, Varlamov, too. Go ahead. Sneeze again. Go ahead. Let it out. Let it out. You ruined me. Just keep going. I'll do it in the background. But the other problem is Scott Mayfield. Scott Mayfield is a problem. Pierre Engvall has, I think, zero goals this season. He just signed a new hefty seven-year contract. Seven years? The guy came over from the Leafs last year and scored like six goals. And now he's on a seven-year contract. He's a middling player. Man, you're fighting. Uh, Not as bad as the Islanders are fighting the puck every time they take the ice. Yeah, that goes very good, very nice. That's the end of my rant. Um, I can I mean I could keep going on, but then Rick DiPietro is going to come back into the discussion, and we don't need that. <laughs> We're gonna. We're, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna seat. start. I'm gonna start talking about when he was playing because this is what it reminds me of. It really does. It reminds me of like 2008, like a like a random night in 2008 when I'm on the phone with Grammy commentating the game, and we don't even care if they lose because they're just that bad. I've never known them to be good at that point in time. So when they lose 4-1, to one, I'm like, wow. The Grammy was like, well, at least they got one. Well, at least they didn't get a shutout. She, that's what she would say. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Matt Martin did a great job there scoring our only goal. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just pathetic. Pathetic hockey. All right, stop me. I'm done. All right. Wow. So, let's let's keep moving here. Wow, wow, wow. Let's start off with um. Just want to talk some football. We'll get into. We'll actually we'll touch on baseball quick, just because it's less of a. There's not much going on. Um, Garrett Cole won a Cy Young. I called it in March. Uh, you so did. Shout out, shout out me. Yes, I I shouted myself out. You're allowed to. Shout out me. Garrett Cole got his Cy Young, but Brian Cashman, right? Can he, I pause you? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Can I pause you? Yep. We got the Cy Young winner <laughs> and the Gold Glove shortstop. And I think if Judge played a full season, probably the MVP. Yep. Continue. Right. And they didn't even sniff the playoffs. Nope. Just wanted to get that out there. Go yep. ahead. Continue. So I'm actually going to look for this. Brian Cashman is doing stupid things again. And by stupid, it doesn't mean not making any moves. It doesn't mean making bad moves. Brian Cashman has insulted Giancarlo Stanton. Now, I'm going to find you the exact quote. So, if this takes too long, we'll edit it out. Well, first of all, I just got to say, any general manager that's got a problem with a player and goes out and talks about it publicly, even if it's like alluding to um, a problem with a player, that's not a classy move because you're supposed to have your players backs and Giancarlo Stanton never said anything that was uh, defaming the Yankees or, or Cashman himself. Uh, the guy is just injury prone. The guy gets injured a lot. So Cashman came out and said, quote, 
we're going to try to limit the time he's down. But I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game this year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting hurt again, more likely than not, because it seems to be a part of his game. But I know that when he's right and healthy, other than this past year, this guy's a great hitter and has been for a long time. Now, Stanton's, uh, not his manager, excuse me, Stanton's agent came out and was like, well, this just proves to every free agent that if you want to go to the Yankees, you need to have thick skin. Cashman, what are you doing? Yeah, you're making a face because you didn't see this before. How are you? The only plausible thing that I can think is coming of this is Cashman is trying to get Stanton to waive his no trade clause to trade him. That's the only thing I can think of. Because why are you going to go out and be like, yeah, dude, this guy's great, except for last year when he's healthy, except he's never healthy. Like, it just, it, 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 re- it feels like an SNL skit. The Yankees, the, the Yankees front office in this <sighs> last season, it feels like a Saturday Night Live skit. It's so bad, and when, when somebody in the upper management of a team talks badly about a star player. Yes, he's a star player. He just is. He's Giancarlo Stanton. Or at least he used to be a star player. How can you say that about any player on your team? I mean, even if it doesn't work out with a guy, you say, well, you know, he's a good player, but it just didn't. It wasn't a right fit. We here. wish him the best. Exactly. We wish him we all wish the, him best. the best. It wasn't the yep. f- right fit here. We found him a better fit in Chicago or wherever it might be. You don't say it's part of his game. Like, that's such bad press. Yeah. And it's a bad look for Stanton, and now, and now he what is he going to think of this? It literally seems like Cashman went out and is just trying, like, like trying to insult him. Yes. And then Cashman was like, "Oh, it was taken out of context, this and that." I don't think it was. I think the context it was taken in is exactly what you were going for. You yep. called him injury prone to the press. This is, I mean, this is a week after saying. Uh, Records aside, I think we were pretty effing good last year. No, you weren't. No, your record shows that you weren't pretty effing good last year. Doesn't it? Does it not? I mean, this is literally... Brian Cashman right now is the epitome of somebody showing up to their job late every single day and having the mindset of, what are they going to do, fire me? It literally is. It feels like Cashman is trying to push every wrong button to see if they're going to fire him. And, it's and, George Costanza. It's literally George Costanza trying to get fired from the Yankees. This is what's <laughs> happening. He's dragging the World Series championship on the back of his car in the parking lot doing donuts. He's running out naked onto the field. This is what it seems like he's doing. I agree. <laughs> it, it feels like he's doing everything in his power to try to get fired, and, and Steinbrenner's not doing it because his dad took his spine with him when he passed. It, like, it's it's it's... It's a bad time to be a Yankee fan. Now, do you think, you know, do we think our minds can be changed if they go out and sign Yamamoto and Nola and trade for Juan Soto and, and actually reinvest in the team? Absolutely. It'll, it'll sway the minds of the Yankees real quick. But don't be surprised when we're rolling out, you know, the new free agents we signed, Mike Ford, Mike Talkman, you know, thirty-eight-year-old David Robertson. I mean, that's... I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not worried about Mike Ford. Why? Because I like Mike Ford. Oh, you know, I'm just saying. Don't former be su- Westerner. Don't be surprised. Yeah, don't be surprised when those are the guys we're rolling out and think they're going to make an impact. Because mid June, we're going to have Jake Bowers hitting cleanup again. You know, like it's just. I guess, man. It's every season lately. It gets like this, and this season was no different. It always starts out, wow, this Yankees team is going to go all the way this year. And then by by two months into the season, it all hits the fan, and everybody's hurt, and then it's over. Well, I mean, they were talking about Juan Soto, and it's like, yeah, the, the Padres are most likely, they're in cap hell right now. They're going to probably have to trade Soto because he's going to command a $30 million arbitration and this and that. You know, they want, they want MLB-ready pitching as part of the return and this and that. And the teams that are interested are the Cubs, the, the the teams that are mostly interested in linked are the Yankees, the Cubs, and the Mariners. But the Cubs and the Mariners aren't willing to part with that pitching. He's the best. I mean, 
aside from Judge, he's the best player they would have had in, in pinstripes in a decade. Yep. And the kid, yes. I mean, the kids, the kids younger than some of the prospects we still have in AAA. He's only twenty what, 25, mm-hmm. 24, 25. So I mean, and this guy's a professional. He's been a professional. He was staring down Justin Verlander at nineteen years old in the World Series. Yep. I mean, like this is the guy, and it's funny because everything you want, you need a guy that hits the ball, not going to strike out, lefty, young. He checks every single one of those boxes. But you know, let's not trade. Let's not trade this pitcher and Spencer Jones, who, ten years down the road, they're still in the minor league. Oh, is a thirty-one-year-old career minor leaguer that we could have traded for the next best thing, but we didn't do. You know, it's the whole it's the whole Clint Frazier and Duhar story over and uh-huh. over and over and over and over again. It's it's like Groundhog Day with this team. Yeah. It's like fifty first dates. Thank you for that. There you go. Thank you for that. No, it is. It's like, and honestly, that's what it feels like to be an Islanders fan right now, not to bring it back, but I I get it from that standpoint too, because it's like, why? It's like insanity, right? Doing the same thing and expecting different results is insane. There needs to be a shakeup. There needs to, and and it has to happen quick, but. Now let's swing it to the gridiron. We'll talk a little about football. Swing it. We're not going to get too, too crazy when it comes to football. Kind of just want to do a state of the NFL, like which is what you've been seeing, because correct me if I'm wrong, this is like the most invested you've been in football in a few years, just because Definitely. of the podcast and Definitely. because of all that. So, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I find myself just about every Sunday watching at least one of the games that's on, which is way more than I did. The past couple of years since Sabrina was born, especially. So one thing that I definitely want to say, right, is I like this year because you don't. I was just saying this today at work. You don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. There's no team that's like, oh, they're going to do you. Maybe Philly, but Philly lost to the Jets. I can see Philly losing to a couple other teams. So it's like there's no real dominant team. There's teams where. I mean, there's a four, four, three, four win teams that are in a playoff or close to a playoff spot. I mean, it's it's crazy. This is a good it's a good year to to be an NFL fan because there's no there's no juggernaut, right? You have the 49ers that we've talked about. They lost three straight. They're back on track. They kicked the living hell out of the Jaguars, but they're not an undefeated team. Like, there's not going to be those one, two lost teams making it to the Super Bowl. Like, I can see a nine-win team making a run to the Super Bowl. And I think those are the best, I mean, those are the best. that You can see, like, like Josh Dobbs with the Vikings making a run to the Super Bowl. The Vikings started off, what, one and four? They could make a run in the playoffs because their, you know, offense is putting it together and their defense is putting it together. One of my kids was at the, the game on Sunday. That's dope. Yeah. That's super cool. Yep. He missed school Monday and everything. That's awesome. It was so awesome. But, I mean, even like even the Jets, if by some reason Aaron Rodgers comes back, like their defense is legit. If they can win one or two more games and then let Rodgers handle the rest, like they can make a push too. You've seen Buffalo starting to starting to lack. You've seen Buffalo's Jack- in trouble. Buffalo's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think it's strictly just because they're so one-dimensional. I think they don't have any run game to back off of, so it's like, oh, of course Josh Allen's going to be throwing the ball as long as we limit, you know, lim- not even shut Diggs down, just limit him. Don't let Diggs be the guy that beats you. Josh Allen's going to throw the ball into triple coverage. I mean, you have the Ravens where it's like, wow, the Ravens look really good, and then it's like, oh, they lost to the Colts. And then you have the Bengals, and the Bengals started off really slow, and now they're like, oh, they're five and whatever. They're in a playoff spot too. And it's like there's just teams all over. The, this is a great – it's a great season. Um, it really is. It's a it's a great season to be a football fan, and I'm glad that you're hopping in. So, yes. What are – mid? we'll say a little bit past midseason. What are, you, what are you thinking of this season? What are you thinking of the Super Bowl prediction? What do you got? Well, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is and, – and I got to shout out Nikki for this because he – He pointed it out uh, like three or four weeks ago. So we got to go, like I said, three, four weeks ago. So when the Broncos were, what, one and four? Yep. And um, 
so yeah, that was uh, four or five weeks uh, in the past. And he said to me, because I was like, man, Russell Wilson had a terrible fantasy game. I, I don't know what to do. Fields got hurt, yada, yada. He goes, Russell Wilson's having a better season than Patty Mahomes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Mahomes has only lost one game. And it was the first game. And he's like, look at the stats. And I'm going to be honest with you. You look at the stats now. Now with Denver, four and five, beating the Bills. Russell Wilson looking like vintage Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is having a great season. And he's having a much, be- much better season than Patrick Mahomes. But Russell Wilson, I've got stats for you. 18 touchdowns, four interceptions this season with a 104 passer rating. That's it. That's on Denver. The dude has picked it up. Yeah, they're having a good season. I think with Mahomes, it's like the Chiefs offense doesn't look like the Chiefs offense. They're dinking and dunking, which right. they never did. Like they're still winning. They're still getting the job done, but Mahomes isn't scrambling. He's not airing the ball out. And I think that has a lot to do with the loss of um, Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. So they have a different OC now. I think it's Matt Nagy calling plays. And dude's thrown eight picks this yeah. season. And then then again, like Chris, do you know who? Speaking of Eric Bieniemy, do you know who's leading the league in passing yards right now? No. I will give you three guesses. Uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm just going to cut you off. It's Sam Howell. I was going to say Sam Howell. I was going to say him because he's on my ESPN team. Sam Howell is leading the league in passing yards, and I think he's close to the top, if not leading the league in touchdowns. So it's like he's showing he could be a franchise quarterback, but then again, like if you look at it all this time, maybe it wasn't Andy Reid. It was Eric Bieniemy. And I think, I think he might be situated. I'm, I'm gonna. I hate saying this. I think Bieniemy might be situated where he's a better OC than a head coach, kind of like a McDan- like a Josh McDaniels type yep. thing. Who's he's already been fired, which long time coming to be completely honest with you. But that's another thing too. Is the Raiders turned it around? Two straight wins since firing him. Well, and that's it- what I was <laughs> just gonna say. They won a field goal battle with the Jets the other night which really frustrated me uh, because I, I don't like field goal games. I don't like them. But I was going to say the Raiders look good. And honestly, another thing that that has just come crashing and burning is the New England Patriots. Uh, you want to talk about state of the NFL, a team that I was rooting for every game when Tom Brady was on the team. I saw something today uh, earlier this evening. Uh, they did um, a f- another Family Guy reference. I don't know what's wrong with me today, uh, but but it's where Peter Griffin is in. He's outside the dealership selling cars, uh, and he's like a player on the on the Patriots. That's when he was the player on the the team, and he's like, "Come down to whatever whatever Subaru, and we'll get you set up in a new car." That's gonna be Mac Jones next year. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it's like. The Patriots have fallen off a cliff. They are so bad. And I think it's a Bill Belichick problem. I think Bill the coach is still great. Bill the GM has got to go. Bill the GM has got to go. I mean, in the last decade, how many draft picks has he hit on? One? Two? Maybe? I mean, you were looking at back in the day, they were pulling diamonds out of the rough. It was... Matthew Slater, sixth round, and he's still playing. He's still a great special teams guy, but it was Julian Edelman, seventh round, and 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 Aaron Hernandez in the third round, or Gronk in the second. Like these guys, they were hitting on these guys, and it was, I mean, you're, you, I, I could just ramble off guys like Patrick Chung, Kyle Van Noy, um, Chandler Jones before he went absolutely insane, um, Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, like these guys. And it's crazy because they leave that Patriot system and they get a lot of money from the teams they go to. And then they just, they're duds. And then they go back to daddy. They go back to the Patriots and it's like they're having a resurgence. So it's like, what, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's some, it's some black magic Salem witch voodoo to me. They're over there. It's, the it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me. 
Yeah, that's a that's a strange situation over there. The uh, uh, and yeah, shout out to how bad the Giants are. I love it. It is fantastic. They have the highest odds of getting the first overall pick in the draft over the Panthers. Haha. That's incredibly bad. Um, all the Giants fans that I'm friends with are punching air. They're just like, what yeah, happened? What what happened, guys? I thought this was this was a team that was going to make the playoffs. And it's midseason right now, and it's like, what happened to this season? Oh, yeah, this was the team that that was going to make the next step. And we talked about this before the season started, how you were, how you were like, no, they're not. They're they, not the guy. No, they've had one. The only game that they have won, they should not have won it. That was it against was, Arizona. It was right? thirty to nothing at halftime, or something like that. It was like third. No, it was like twenty to zero. It was like a lot to little, a little at halftime, and they came back and won. It was yep. like, man, <laughs> you beat a bad team. And and the fans were dancing in the streets after that win. Yeah, this they were, team they were is one and real. One. Yeah. This team. Oh, Dan Jones. Well, he's not any not anymore. Well, Dan Jones is done for the season. Yep. Terod Taylor is probably done for another couple weeks. So we turned to Tommy DeVito. Poor Tommy. We turned to we turned to we turned to Jackie April Jr. Oh my! <laughs> Listen, man, this guy, he ain't the answer. Who's the no. Who's the next guy? Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. He might get a game before long. I mean, why not? Exactly. Tommy DeVito. It's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's that that's not the team for him, and he's also not ready. And hey, Giants fans, remember when I said the worst thing that the Giants could have done was won a playoff game and paid Daniel Jones, and everybody told me I was wrong? Well, guess what? I hate to break it to you guys, but sit down on Daddy's lap, okay? We're gonna, I'm gonna take you, I'm gonna take you for a little walk. What's happening, fellas? It seems to me as if they gave <laughs> Daniel Jones a lot of money, and he's panning out to be nothing. Like I said. And guess what? They've pissed off the only bright spot on their entire team, Saquon Barkley. He doesn't want to be a Giant. The Giants don't want to pay him. So, Giants fans, when you have that first overall pick, who are you going to take? You're going to take a quarterback to replace Dan Jones? You can't do that. Are you going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. with the number one overall pick? Uh, I don't think so. You might be a little dumb if you do that. You need a wide receiver, but with the number one overall pick, who's going to throw to him? Dan Jones? You you need four linemen. Yeah, John Michael Schmitz is decent. Evan Neal's okay. You guys, you got to replace. You pretty much have to replace four linemen. You're in trouble. That defense, oh, the defense was so good, Chris, remember? Oh, yeah, the defense, the stifling defense. I don't think they're too stifling. (laughs) Right Right through the wickets. I think a Division Two team could score at least twenty on them. Yes, yes, they're bad. Their ship has been stormed, and I do mean boat. But again, guys, I told you, but you didn't want to listen. You drafted a cornerback with your first round oh, pick. Oh, that's so bad. I said it was a bad. I said it was a bad pick. No, watch it. He's the highest rated. Cornerback <laughs> in the preseason for via PFF. Yeah, well, guess what? Kayvon Thibodeau, <laughs> Evan Neal, <laughs> Andrew Thomas. <laughs> oh man, Jalen Hyatt. Yep. Every every player. <laughs> every player. It's every single one. All twenty-two, <laughs> except for Saquon. Every player on the field, right, except for Saquon. And congratulations, you pissed him off, and I don't think he wants to stay. <laughs> you have nobody. You have no team. You no. have no team. So now you have to re- you have to rebuild around a quarterback making a hundred and something million dollars. Guys, a little piece of NFL insider information. <laughs> That's not how you rebuild a team. <laughs> You want to pay the quarterback the least amount, not the most on yep. the team. Yep. That's right. That was fun. <laughs> wow. That turned into something. Yeah, that was fun. It was good. I like that. Yeah. That's why yeah. I like not having a team. Yeah. I say it all the time. 
we'll just touch now. We're gonna just keep it with some football before we hit our. Uh, yeah, Panthony wanted to uh, wanted to talk a little bit of CFB uh, and how how different this year's committee is going to be. Yeah, I think SEC bias is going to come into play, but there's a there's a conundrum here, Chris. So as it stands right now, I believe Georgia's number one. They're undefeated. Number two is Ohio State, number th- undefeated. Number three is Michigan, undefeated. Number four is Florida State, undefeated. Let's say, right? Let's say Michigan, try, you know, beats Ohio State again. I think they're going to, to be completely honest with you. They they killed them last year. I think they're going to beat them again this year in the game. Excuse me, in the game. So I think Michigan's going to finish undefeated. They're going to win. They're going to win out. I think Michigan's the number one team in the country. They're going to go in rank number one. I think, realistically, I think Alabama upsets Georgia in the SEC title game. That leaves Alabama and Georgia with one loss. I think Oregon is going to end up beating Washington for the Pac-12 title. So Oregon's going to stay, I think, one loss or undefeated. I think they're one loss. But either or, Pac-12 champion, one loss, undefeated, doesn't matter. Then Florida State, I don't see anybody beating Florida State. They're going to win out. Texas, I don't see anybody beating Texas. I think Texas wins out. So for four spots, right, you have to think Michigan's locked up or Ohio State's, whoever's going to win that division, locked up, number one. Now, number two, Florida State's undefeated, but they play in the SEC, or the the ACC. ACC's not good. There's not much competition, right? Texas, they're a one-loss Texas team. They play in the Big 12. Yeah, I don't know if you could put them in. Oregon, Pac-12. So, I, I, like, that's my thing because, you know, are you going to rank Texas because Texas beat Alabama, who won the SEC. Alabama beat Georgia. So you can't bring Georgia because Georgia lost to Alabama, and you can't put Alabama in because Alabama lost to Texas. So it's like I think – the only way is if this scenario happens and plays out this way, it's going to be a lot of biases when it comes to, like, Alabama's going to sneak in. We were here talking about Alabama being cooked, but they're going to sneak. I know they're going to sneak in the playoffs. It's going to happen. I don't think they're going to deserve it. I think Texas deserves a spot over them. I think Florida State deserves a spot over them. I think Oregon deserves a spot over them, and obviously Michigan. Like, that that, that right there is my, my final four. I have Michigan at one. Michigan at one, probably Oregon two, Texas three. No, no. Michigan one, Florida State two, Oregon three, Texas four. That's my that's my top. That's my top four rankings. Because again, yeah, they're one loss. Texas is one loss, but they lost in a rivalry game, which are always close. They beat Alabama who in turn beat George. So it's like you have to look who they played, man. So I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be tough. So I just wanted to see your input and and I wanted to bring this up to why this shouldn't be just a four team playoff. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously it shouldn't. And I'm not going to be able to speak to the teams like you are. But one of the the biggest questions I have always is why when you have on the other side of the ledger a sport that we don't talk about that much on this pod, but you have another sport that has 64 teams that make the playoffs in D1 and play for an entire month and tr- and and played this entertaining brand of basketball. I'm not saying every team has to play two every two days. It's not the same. I get it. But the fact that there's only four teams in the entire country that play for a title is so silly. Yeah, it, it makes no sense because then you get, let's say they just go to a 10-team playoff or a 12-team playoff. 12 teams, I mean, yeah, it's going to be six extra weeks you, you'd have to figure of the season and, and it takes a while. But again, football's a sport, it's the most popular sport in the country, hands down. And college sports huge too. So or college excuse me, college football is big too. So I just don't understand like 
it would be awesome to see a team like Texas get hot and win the national championship. It'd be cool to see a team like one of the, I don't know, like one of the lower ranked guys. Like, Oral Roberts. That would <laughs> no, never just happen. But like, you know, like the lower, like, I don't know, like Missouri. Missouri's hot right now. I could see him as like, what if Missouri goes on a run and Mizzou wins a national championship? Like football is so great for that reason of anything can happen any given Sunday that you can't let two games or two weeks of games decide who the national champion is. You just can't. You can't do it. Right. That's I, I'm glad you agree with that because it's so silly. Yeah. And then one thing I think everybody agrees on is making money is great. So let's make some money here, Chris. This is Bet the Rent. I love it. I'm going to start off. Go for go, it. We're going to go, we're gonna go quick. On the sticky note. On the sticky note. I did this at work. Shout out, Alex, for giving me the sticky note. <laughs> uh, NCAA parlay. We're sitting at plus 2341. Five oh. picks. Five picks as always. That's ridiculous. Chris. Five picks as always. Um, Rutgers at Penn State. I'm taking Rutgers plus 20, Rutgers. And, plus 20 and a half because I don't think Penn State – listen, I don't think Rutgers is going to lay down. I don't think Penn State's that great. They got exposed by Michigan, and I just don't think they're going to beat Rutgers by 21. I really don't. Um, next up, we got Iowa or Illinois at Iowa. I'm taking Illinois plus three. Illinois has been that frisky team. They've been playing really well. They've been playing good Big Ten ball, and Iowa's – it's tough. Iowa, they, they play a tough brand of defense, but like I said, Illinois has been hot. Next, Utah and Arizona taking the under, which is 45 and a half. It's a lot of defense that gets played out there, especially with Utah. Arizona is they're high flying, but again, I think Utah is going to stifle a lot of these guys. The issue with them is their offense, not their defense. Next, UNC at Clemson. I'm taking US, UNC plus seven. Um, this game is giving me a little bit of Ajda just because Clemson's been on a roll lately. But I think Drake May is just too good, and I think he's going to shine when the lights are on, and and we love to see that. And and this is going to be the supremacy for the Carolinas. I think UNC is going to take it. And then finally, UCLA at USC. This is an absurd over, but I'm taking it anyway. Uh, UCLA, USC over 65.5. It's going to happen. I can see this game getting close to scoring 100 combined points. Wow. I mean, neither of the teams play defense. Right. Neither team plays defense. So NCAA plus twenty three forty plus twenty three forty one. Rutgers plus twenty and a half at Penn State. Illinois plus three at Iowa. Utah, Arizona under forty five and a half. UNC plus seven at Clemson and UCLA at USC over sixty five and a half. And we're gonna keep on rolling, rolling, rolling right into the NFL parlay. This is a four pick parlay. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Taking the under, 33-and-a-half. Deshaun Watson's done for the season. Pittsburgh doesn't score a lot anyway. So I'm thinking the under here. I think this is going to be a nice uh, NF, uh, nice AFC North battle. A lot of defense, a lot of running the ball. It's in Cleveland. There might be some weather. Who knows? It's Cleveland. Uh, under 33-and-a-half. Next, Houston. Taking a wow. minus. Yeah. Houston minus five at Arizona. Kyler Murray's back. Kyler Murray's electric. They just led the they they beat the Falcons, but CJ Stroud's a whole other beast. The guy's a the guy's a monster. Um, uh, he just he airs the, they're they're so good. They're so so good. Houston, I apologize for for saying you were dead in the water at the beginning of this year, but Houston minus five at Arizona. Next, I have the Chargers and the Packers taking the over, which is forty four. The Chargers score a lot. I think the Packers. They don't really score a lot, but all you need is twenty from them. And... Chargers don't. The Chargers don't play a lot of defense, so I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking forty four. I like that. And then finally, we talked about both of these teams previously, but I'm taking the Minnesota money line at Denver. I think Josh Dobbs is the best thing to happen to that team. I think that's what they needed. I think he gives them. This is going to be bold. I think he gives them a better chance at a Super Bowl than Kirk Cousins does. Wow. So again, that's plus thirteen forty eight. Pittsburgh at Cleveland under 33 and a half. Houston minus five at Arizona. Chargers and Green Bay over 44. And Minnesota money line at Denver. All right. Let's get into the NHL. I don't have the line on these yet. I think I might. Uh, if you can get the line, then that would be lovely. Yeah, because we're we're recording a day after, a day later than usual. So we usually see the um, we usually see the 
the Friday game, so we might have a Saturday one. So let me uh, let me log back into the old DraftKings again. DraftKings, you want to shoot us a sponsorship? That's right. Listen, right? Give us hundred dollars in credit every week. We will spend all hundred dollars in credit. Yes, I can, I can guarantee you that. Yes. So anyway, well, my picks. Well, Anthony looked for the lines. I have Golden Knight. Now this should be an easy one. I have Golden Knights money line versus, uh, excuse me, at the Flyers. This is all Saturday, by the way. Saturday, probably not yet. No lines nope, yet. No games. Uh, so remember, this is all Saturday's games. Um, Golden Knights money line at Flyers. The Golden Knights are on a tear. The Flyers are middling. Um, the Flyers were the first team to lose to the Sharks this season. Um, yeah, I think they're going to get steamrolled. Kind of like the Islanders tonight. Uh, I have Oilers versus Lightning on Saturday. Bless you. Over six and a half goals. I like to do a, a money line and over and then a, and then a puck line. Uh, my over is that game over six and a half. Bless you. Um, yeah, that's going to be a high-scoring game. That's going to be a 5-4, maybe even a 6-4 affair and then i have the avalanche plus one and a half at dallas dallas is off to a really great start this season much to the chagrin of anthony across from me um and the avalanche have kind of had a middling start uh but i think the avalanche played the stars really really well and um i i think plus one and a half is is pretty good bet for them in fact i think the apps are going to win that game there you go. It's probably like plus three something. That's that's grocery money, baby. That's right. That's so next week you're not going to get another broke Wednesday. That's right. So let's bring it on. Bring it on down to the Grammys grinders. I changed mine since mm. you 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 brought it out of me. I know who it is. Um, I I can start if you'd like. Go ahead. All right, my Grammys grinder. Uh, he's a coach, uh, not a player. So he's a coach in the NFL. Goes by the name of Davis Webb. He's saying, I know that name. He's a quarterback out of Cal. He wasn't taken too long ago. But Davis Webb, he's a quarterback's coach in the NFL. He was with Buffalo during the Josh Allen resurgence. He was with the Giants last year with Daniel Jones looking actually serviceable. Chris, do you know where he is right now? Houston. Nope. Where? He already talked about the team. You said he's coming back to form. What he looked like better than Patty Mahomes. Oh, Russ. He is Russ's quarterback's coach in Denver. So Davis Webb, man, didn't work out for you as a player. You were great. You were the MVP of the Senior Bowl. You did your time at Cal. Great quarterback, right? Was great good enough. Great to be college in the quarterback. NFL. Good enough to be a backup in the NFL. But, buddy, you are flourishing as a coach right now. As a quarterback's coach, the proof is in the pudding. You're doing a great job. My Grammy's grinder for sticking it out, changing lanes, but still driving towards your destination. Davis Webb. All right. So I've had this player as a Grammy's grinder of the week in the past when the when this room was going to pot when Sabrina was destroying it. Um uh and my mom was like, That was horrible. And we had a really fun time. But anyway, my Grammys Grinder of the Week uh, this week is, once again, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard grinded it out, and and if you saw the way he played, you would agree that it was a grinded-out kind of week. Any Anytime you're on the Chicago Blackhawks right now, it, you're a grinder, okay? And for Connor Bedard to have nine goals already this season is pretty remarkable. Not only does he have nine goals, six of them have been in the last five games. Four of them have been in the last two. He was the first player in Chicago Blackhawks history to have multiple uh, multi-goal games back uh, consecutively, to have consecutive multi-goal games. Um, he also has eight points in the last five games, so add two assists to those six goals. Guy's an absolute sniper. He's been grinding it out. Uh, that's not to say Chicago's been winning all those games because they're still not a good team. But he's going to win them. You look at wins above replacement, especially in uh, baseball. Bedard's war is going to be probably four or five by the end of the year. He'll probably win them five games that they shouldn't have won. 
which is 10 points in the standings. That's a huge chunk of your team's points. Even if you're a 100-point team, that's a tenth of your points from one player. Connor Bedard means that much to this team, and so way to go, Grammys Grinder of the Week, Connor Bedard. All right, Chris. Let's use that soothing voice of yours. Let's take it away. Oh, we're coming right up on an hour. Beautiful timing, Anthony. My my soothing voice, my raspy, no voice voice. Well, listen, follow us on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod and on TikTok at Sports and Spag Pod. Make sure you like, comment, and let us know what you think. I know um, I've had a lot more people let me know what they think lately, uh, and, and they like it. Um, but keep doing that. I'm Chris. Uh, Ant is across from me, and this was Sports and Spaghetti. So as Chris said, I'm Ant. That was Chris. As always, take care of your loved ones. Build around players with cheap contracts. And as always, stay full.